0: are listening to Packers Now, get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello everybody, I'm your host, Spike Krakowski, and today I want to look back at our matchup from last Sunday against the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. The Packers literally blew out the Bears in this game, and it was awesome. It was a record-breaking night for the Packers. Uh, Rodgers set a record to be one of 10 other quarterbacks to ever throw for 50,000 yards passing, and he was the second fastest QB to ever do it, only behind... Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, surprisingly enough, and Devontae Adams uh, also set a record as fastest receiver to 500 receptions in the least amount of games in Packers history. Better than guys like Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, and Sterling Sharp. Like uh, Watching this game on Sunday, it was just incredible. It was so fun to watch. It was great to uh, see these records come up and just realize how good this Packers team is and how good of players the Packers have and how blessed we are to have guys like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Watching this game on Sunday, I I have not felt more comfortable watching a Packers game in a very long time. I was just so taken aback just by how smooth this game went for the Packers in the first three quarters of this game. It was weird. I almost felt uncomfortable because I was so surprised with just how good this Packers team looked. Uh, but why? Why is it now that the Packers look so good after several weeks of up and down performances, after those three first three big wins of the year? Uh, and that's what I want to dive into today, and what the outcomes of this Bears game means for the Packers. And the biggest difference in this game than many of the other games as of late was the Packers' ability to run the football. A running game was in no way. Groundbreaking, But it was solid and just powerful, tough, physical at the point of attack. Rushing lanes were open more than they have been. And every now and then, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams just actually forced broken tackles, which we haven't uh, seen as of late. And we haven't, uh, they just haven't been able to do very consistently in the last three to five weeks. And that was really good to see. This running game, which ended up totaling for 182 yards at 4.7 yards a carry, truly paved the way for how good this offense was. Uh, the rest of the day. Even just looking back at the last three games for the Packers, not counting this one, obviously, the Packers only rushed for about 86 yards per game and at only about 3.5 yards per carry. And that's that would be ranked as the worst rushing t- attack in the NFL at yards per carry if that was the Packers' average for the season. Currently, because the worst rushing attack right now in the NFL is Miami's, and they're at about 3.6 yards per carry. So over the last three games, even though we uh, won two of those games uh we just our offense has been just not as explosive not as consistent because our rushing attack has just been so bad and losing that rushing attack and that dominant rushing ability led to the Packers just suffering to really excel at using their play action game the last three weeks and it led to just not as comfortable wins and a lack of consistently explosive offense in the last three games but that was not the case on Sunday night against the Bears in this game our running game was strong and that led to just an extremely productive play action game for the Packers Rodgers was fantastic in play action in this game and it's the play action game that's the thing that makes this offense special it's and no quarterback right now is better than Aaron Rodgers when it comes to throws on play action this year. Rodgers has been sensational and this is the bread and butter of the Matt LaFleur offense. We have a, the hope for the Packers is that we'd have a balanced attack that teams are concerned about our running game. And we use that concern in uh, that productivity from our running game. And we use that play action to take deep shots down the field. And the Packers have the weapons to do that with guys like Devonte Adams, MVS, and Robert Tunyon in our play action uh game though isn't but the great part about our play action game it's not always deep shots it's not always explosiveness but sometimes it's just efficiency and we saw that especially on Sunday because honestly where our play action has even been the most successful has been in the red zone has been on the goal line where Rodgers threw two touchdowns off play action two short very short touchdown passes right at the goal line one to Mercedes Lewis and another to Alan Lazard and Still, we also saw that explosiveness that the play-action game we want it to create with Rodgers having that huge play-action touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon as well. But the play-action isn't just about big plays. It's, it's what play-action does in this offense when our running game is actually effective is what it does. Is it creates this efficiency to the offense as well, not just explosiveness. And finally what what I saw in this game was uh, another huge thing on offense is just how good our offensive line continues to be it's it's honestly the best in the NFL and I thought it would be good but I did not expect players like Lucas Patrick who came in as a replacement for Lane Taylor Billy Turner who I wasn't even sure should start at the start of the year and Corey Lindsley um just all of them improved and played way better than expected um and they're playing just well above expectation. And the Packers now even have who they call Mr. Reliable, John Runyon, rookie six-round pick who Rodgers likes really well as well, who stepped in to start to play at left guard and move Jenkins to center with a recent Corey Lindsley injury that will most likely keep him out until about the playoffs. And this unexpected depth... Um, that the Packers have had on their offensive line with Rick Wagner as well, who's playing that swing tackle position on this offensive line has been a key chess piece for the Packers. And the only game this offensive line has really let down the Packers offense was against the Buccaneers. And that's why we lost that game big time, like huge, really lost that game. But just in this last week's game, Rodgers, Rogers was not sacked on Sunday. He was not even hit in this game, except on one play that was called as roughing the passer due to hands-to-the-face behavior from the defender, from the Bears. This was incredible that the Packers' offensive line just can protect Rodgers this well. Rodgers has never been more comfortable or had this much time consistently ever, I think in his career. When Rodgers is pressured and hitting the ground repeatedly repeatedly, we've seen how that has had an impact on his play. Without those negative plays, those pressures, those sacks, our offense has just become so much more consistent. And it 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 makes our offense so much more reliable because you're not looking at 2nd and 13s, 2nd and 17s, 3rd and 12s, 3rd and 8s, because we're not going backwards. Our offensive line isn't holding. It's it's not giving up sacks. We're not having tons of incomplete passes due to pressure. And because of that, we're having 2nd and 5s. We're having 3rd and 3s, 3rd and 2s, 3rd and 1s, 4th and 1s, where our offense is so good that we can go for it on fourth down, because at the worst, if we even get to a fourth down, it's fourth and one, it's fourth and two, it's manageable. And those are things, those are chances you're willing to take. But when you set yourself up and you're at third and third and eight or long, third and seven, fourth and five and long eh, or, or longer, you can't go for those. You can't take those types of chances. The defenses can play you entirely differently. And that hasn't been the case this year and I truly believe the offensive line as a whole is one of the most limiting factors for a QB success for an offensive as a whole success and Rodgers has been so good in part due to the fantastic play of our offensive line this year and now we look forward and the Packers have added just another weapon to this offense in Tavon Austin who is 30 years old but still he has incredible speed. We've seen him have some serious success in the NFL and as a utility player on offense for the Packers, kind of in that Tyler Irvin role as Tyler Irvin has been out consistently with injuries off and on throughout the year. But now add Tyler Irvin, what he's done in this offense when he's on the field has been remarkable in what in the change and the effectiveness and the efficiency of our offense. But now think about Tyler Irvin, but with more speed. <laughs> and allowing in allowing Tavon Austin to focus and spend a majority of his time. As well as a kick returner, punt returner specialist, this will make a noticeable positive impact for our team for a minimal cost. Tyler Irvin is good, and I'm I like Tyler Irvin. I'm hopeful he can come back from injury. Uh, and Tyler Irvin maybe even be a little bit more elusive at this point in his career. But Devon Austin's speed makes him seriously dangerous, and we've seen that throughout Austin's career. Uh, so Devon Austin, who we just signed, he's just a true hybrid guy. He he rushed in his first five seasons. He rushed um, for almost 1700 or he had, he caught, sorry, for almost 1700 receiving yards in his first five seasons with the Rams. But he also had over 1200 rushing yards during that time as well. And, uh, his four through speed just makes him the ideal guy for the Packers offense because the Packers offense loves you that use that motion across the backfield. And they love to hand that ball off on jet sweeps. And, Austin, if he's getting the ball there, he can get around the edge very quickly. Just imagine what Austin's respect will do to opposing defenses. Right now, Tyler Irvin, when healthy on those motions across the field, it really opens up the running game and play action. Now think about how good it can be be by using someone with even more speed and even more respect across the league. Yet... Uh, Austin isn't just a fast guy, but he's he's good enough as a receiver. He can be used in several other ways as well. Like uh, what I just imagine, what I can just picture in my head is seeing Austin come across on the motion. It, it's play action and then throwing him the football almost on a swing screen right out of the backfield with two receivers on the other side and kind of using that as a, the swing screen. Alnazar, maybe Tunyon in front of him and giving him space with the football with blockers in front of him and allowing him to get to his top speed with. I just, I just, I'm excited to see how LaFleur uses this. The way LaFleur's offense changed when they had added Tyler Irvin at about this time last year. I'm excited to see how Austin continues to get uh, brought into this offense and brought into this team. But the main way the Packers plan on using Austin, at least right now is With this move, the Packers cut Darius Shepard, who who has struggled as a returner for the Packers. Tyler Irvin is supposed to be the guy. He's been injured. Darius Shepard has stepped in, tried to fill that role, but that's really not his game. Um, And the Packers have now cut Darius Shepard. And now Tavon Austin comes in as our kick returner, punt returner specialist. And that's, that's a huge step up for the Packers. Not only does it allow the Packers to have even more, a higher chance when we're returning the football for bigger plays, higher averages, better field position, but also it's going to cut down on the mistakes. Tavon Austin has been consistently been used. He's a veteran guy um, as a return specialist, not only as a kick returner, but mostly as even a punt returner. And I think that's going to cut down our mistakes. And I'm just excited to see how Austin's impact at such a small cost is going to be utilized for the Packers moving forward. And so Right now, I just I just am really excited because I, I see this Packers team as honestly the best offense in the NFC. We just played a top five defense and put up 41 points on the Bears in this game. That's, that's insane. And even last week against the Colts, we had a slow second half, but the Packers put up 28 points in just the first half against another top five defense in the NFL. This Packers team just can't seem to be stopped right now. And Rodgers is playing like an MVP candidate. Honestly, at this point with Kyler Murray having a few bad weeks in a row, Tom Brady having lots of interceptions, Josh Allen, the Bills kind of slacking at this point as well. It really leaves Russell Wilson, who I think is only going to be included on this list because he had a hot start to the year. And even though the middle of his year kind of went downhill, he's going to, he has a very easy schedule down the stretch. And I think that's going to make him look very good. But I think the two true top two talents in the NFL this year are Patrick Mahomes and and Aaron Rodgers and honestly if I truly were to pick MVP I'd pick Rodgers I know Mahomes is super talented I know he's super good I know he does things that are amazing and unscheduled off script and uh but we have to bring some context into the equation as well Mahomes supporting cast when it comes to top five receiving the league entire Tyree Kill best tight end in the NFL this year and then several other speed demons of weapons around him every media outlet every fan Every NFL executive would say Mahomes has way more weapons around him than Rodgers does. And Rodgers makes his weapons look good, and I believe Mahomes does not have the same effect on his guys. I believe Mahomes' playmakers are good, and I believe Rodgers makes his weapons, his playmakers good. The Packers did barely anything to add any weapons for Rodgers in this in this offense this year, and still Rodgers has been playing sensational. If you look at all the major data, all the major statistics, Mahomes Uh, and Rodgers are always right there for the top five spots and are playing the best at every major category. My favorite statistic, favorite place is definitely pro football focus and just their overall grade as QBs. According to pro football focus is Rodgers is the best in the NFL right now with Patrick Mahomes, just about one point behind him really close. But now, um, um, And I I just see that. And I see the discrepancy between weapons, between the team around him offensively. And I just have to say, Rodgers does not have the weapons that Mahomes does. And to me, that means Rodgers is having a way bigger impact than Mahomes does. And so, uh, and then the other thing you have to look at, you have to see, you can't control some of these things, but you have to take into account their competition, Um, And look at the season. And the reality is the chiefs have played some bad defenses this year. And the Chiefs' schedule has been deemed by one major source as the easiest defensive schedule in the NFL so far, according to DVOA and the Packers have faced the 11th toughest schedule of defenses so far this season. Yet they both are still putting up very similar numbers and statistics as passers in their offenses. And so you see another factor there where the chiefs are playing really bad defenses consistently, the easiest in the NFL, on average, on the season. And no wonder their offense looks so remarkably well every single week, yet Rodgers in our offense still looks almost the exact same. And we are playing much tougher teams. And that's that's huge. That shows that Rodgers is having a better and higher impact than Mahomes is. And then finally, you have to even take into account coaching, as Andy Reid is going to be a Hall of Fame coach, while Matt LaFleur, who's been very good, still has a lot to prove. And taking... All these factors into account, I believe Rodgers right now should be in the number one spot to win MVP this season if things continue to go this way uh, for the rest of the year. Now, defensively for the Packers, this was a really, it was a pretty good game. Our defense was making plays, causing turnovers, making stops through the first three quarters consistently. We knew the Bears offense, though, wasn't good, but it was still great to see so much effort and consistent, solid play from our defense through three quarters of football. This game was the coming out party for darnell savage who showed off his speed and playmaking ability had his best graded game of his career and one of the top performances on the season by safety honestly he it was incredible performance he left the game with a back injury but should be okay moving forward but it's nothing serious but this playmaking ability is the reason why we drafted him for him to be used in the heat seeking missile way where he could quickly react to make plays work closer to the line of scrimmage and it was just amazing to see him play this well um This is what we wanted from him. We want guys who can cause turnovers, and Darnell Savage can do that. And then the biggest surprise of the game was the starting defense for the Packers. Coming out right away, Rashawn Gary started over Preston Smith on defense. During the week, the Packers coaching staff had made it clear that they were kind of disappointed in Preston Smith's effort, his lack of pass pass rush production, and that led to him not getting the start in this game. I believe someone might have even said that he was a little bit doughy. And as, I watch, watch, and as I was watching this game on Sunday, I commented to my wife, Preston always has had a kind of a weird, unathletic frame to him, but he looks noticeably more pudgy this year. And I think we saw how that lack of containing his weight has led to him being ineffective as a pass rusher this season. But Preston, not getting the start, kind of put a fire under his butt and he had the best game of the season and just played very well overall and so did Rashawn Gary and hopefully The defense, the Packers, can build on this, and this pass rush can start to be the pass rush everyone dreamed it could be at the start of the season, and it looks like it's trending that direction. And what a perfect time for our defense to start to trend that direction as we are coming towards the end of the year and moving towards the playoffs. The one problem I did have with this game was the fourth quarter, was the end of this game. The Packers defense gave up points towards the end of this game, and it's really kind of frustrating, and it really doesn't make sense to me. Yes, I know those points really don't matter, but it felt like all the great things that made the Packers defense look so good were just lost as it got later and later into the game. The Bears ended up finishing the game averaging 7.6 yards per carry, and that can't happen. Our defense cannot allow opposing teams to run the ball that efficiently, or our defense won't be able to stop a team that can actually throw the football too. And Rodgers is going to be stuck on the sideline and we're going to watch that camera shot as we're sitting at home on the couch and we're going to see Rodgers sitting on the sideline as a team finishes out because he can't get on the field. We need to be more consistent defensively and play like we can for an entire football game. We saw this even last week against the Colts. When we were up multiple scores on the Colts, this Packers defense for some reason plays terribly when we are way ahead in the game. Our defense moves to this prevent high defensive back set rushing the passer with maybe only three, maybe four guys, and it leads to teams moving all the way down the field and scoring a touchdown almost every time. Our defense honestly should not just not be changing depending on the score. Our defense thrives when it's aggressive and our corners are being asked to do a lot, but when our defense is not sending schemed blitzes, not disguising what they're doing, and doing this prevent style of football, teams run at will on the Packers and our Packers defense, our players just kind of lose that urgency and we don't see our pass rush get even close to getting after opposing quarterbacks. Something has to change here and our defense needs to begin to act like it's the first quarter throughout the entire game because when it's the first quarter, when it's the second quarter, when it's the first half, our defense plays really well and we have to change what we're doing schematically to keep it probably the same throughout the game because this prevent look is going to hurt the Packers later in the year on very close games. And the Packers did have a great game on Sunday. And I'm hoping the Packers can continue to build on this the rest of the season. Right now, the number one seed is more important than ever because every week the Packers are going to probably have another big contributor get hurt because this is a physical game and people get injured. Right now, Corey Lindsley is going to be out three to six weeks and we want him back for the playoffs. And getting a bye would be so helpful to give all of our guys. Just an extra week to get healthy, as injuries are probably one of the biggest factors in determining how good your team can be and how good and does your team make it to the Super Bowl. Each and every game is very important moving forward for the Packers because if the Packers win out and the Saints lose a game and the Seahawks lose a game, The Packers are the number one seed. The Packers have a manageable schedule and they need to take it week by week and make sure not to look, overlook any opponents moving forward like they did against the Vikings earlier this year. The Saints, the Saints could definitely lose another game with Taysom Hill at QB who struggled last week against a terrible Broncos team. And even with Drew Brees coming back eventually, uh, Brees is going to be limited as a QB at this point in his career as they have to play the Falcons, who just blew up the Raiders last week and won that game, I think, by 36 points. And then they have the Vikings, who have been one of the best offenses in the NFL consistently, and the pa- and the Panthers, who are up and down every week. And then the Chiefs, who are arguably the best team in the NFL. I can easily see the Saints lose one or even two of those games, depending on how long Taysom Hill is at QB. And then the Seahawks are beginning to play really good football. And it's kind of scary because they might win out, but their schedule isn't necessarily a pushover either as they finish the season against a really good Washington defense, and then the Rams, who will be fighting for a last playoff spot, and then the 49ers, who just beat the Rams and are getting healthier every single week. It's going to be tough, but if the Packers can win out, I believe they can be that number one seed and get the bye they need to be healthy going into the playoffs and give them the best chance to get to the Super Bowl this season. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. We'll be coming back later this week to preview Sunday's game. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.